okay. We can do that. Except uh, I wasn't on the text chain of the songs that we're singing because I have a new number. So, do what? We didn't have the countdown thing. I'm just standing outside and I check my phone and it's like, oh, it's past time to start. 317? Is that where we're going? All right. Okay, well, let's stand. We'll sing together. What a friend we have in Jesus. Dad, my mom and dad came to visit, and I was talking about a couple of things. And uh, he shared with me this verse. It just came right out of him like he had memorized Philippians 4. And uh, he, so Philippians 4, 4, said, and this is that song. It was just remind me of this. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything... By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So we have a friend, he cares for us, and uh, then I must tell Jesus all of my sorrows, he will take care of me, right? So that's the next song, guys, right now. So the first one we do. 
to all of you. It's been a cold, brisk day here in Indiana, but hang on tight. Weather's changing. Be back to 55, I think, on Friday, so it is what it is. So welcome to all of you. I have a bunch of prayer request things to share with you, and uh, so we'll get those uh, done. First of all, Robert Murray is here, and according to the pathology report, is here cancer-free. Yes, praise the Lord. So here's what happened. You know, it was non-surgical what they could do. They just going to treat him and let him live out as long as he can and live until he dies. That's literally what they told him two months ago, right? That uh, cancer and the radiation ate up his bone. It collapsed. They required them to go in for surgery, and while they're in there, they took all the cancer away. And uh, along with the extra bone, rebuilt everything. And as of right now, his pathology shows no cancer. So praise the Lord. We're excited about that. We will give God the glory for all of that. And uh, he's here still hugging easily, all right? But he no longer has tubes and staples in, so that's always good. Uh, Kay Bottom has, uh, I think you mentioned on Sunday, but has uh, been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And if you're going to get pancreatic cancer, this is what you want. It's really a very small, and it's right where the duct leaves the pancreas, and they think between surgery and and uh, chemo that they can actually battle this and, and get this cancer out of her body. Um, she's pretty tired just fighting the battle, quite honestly, because she also has rheumatoid arthritis and uh, fibromyalgia, so just pray for her if she is home. Uh, John Dice is doing very well, recovering from his procedure, if you didn't hear all of those things. So they, uh, they said they got, in, got there in time to prevent a heart attack that was imminent, uh, but they've got him cured up. He's home and uh, on the mend and doing well, probably listening to us. Margaret Gosser is in the hospital. Uh, she has, uh, she's losing blood someplace. They can't figure out exactly where. That's taking her iron down, so she's very anemic. They've uh, given her two iron infusions now. Uh, they're going to keep her for another night, try, maybe try to decide if they're going to do a blood transfusion or not, trying to avoid that if they can. So anyway, uh, just pray for Miss Margaret. And she'd really like to figure out where it's all come from. They did an endoscopy uh, today and found no reason why she's losing blood. So they're going to do a colonoscopy tomorrow and try to figure that out. Having said that, um, this has been kind of an ongoing, so they've just been able to, unable to pin this down. So pray for Miss Margaret. Uh, Pat Buchanan is down in Florida. Miss Pat, and she has is, is in the hospital. They were thinking she had pneumonia. That came back negative. So, uh, but she has been battling COPD for years, and so they're just chalking this up to a bad reaction of her COPD. So uh, pray for her. I will share with you her text because it's just very sweet. And uh, it's a great compliment to all of you. So uh, let me see if I can find it real quickly. Um, she says, I tell you, I tell you, you guys do not know what joy you have brought into my life. It is like the Spirit of God has lifted up my soul. So uh, that was really a sweet thing for her to... Uh, send to us from Florida, and uh, so anyway, that's, that's her. Uh, Juanita Posek has been taken off of hospice care. That's a plus and a minus. I'm, 
to be honest, they were they put it on hospice care on purpose to try to get some of the benefits of hospice care. One of those benefits is people coming in and and doing some physical therapy and things that kind of goes away without the hospice care. But she's improved in health so much that the doctor can no longer, uh, you know, legitimately put her on hospice care. So that's good, and so we've got that Monica Stratton has been sick for over a week, and she is just really, really uh, battling it, the upper respiratory, all that kind of stuff. And so um, uh, they would ask that we would pray for them. Uh, let's see, Jeff Stevens has a toe that is likely infected, and um, hopefully he's watching so he knows that his pastor thinks he should be going to the doctor. <coughs> but, you know... If he's not watching, then you can call him and tell him his pastor thinks he should go to the doctor. So. Uh, it's a guy thing, you know. Uh, and then uh, Kelly Glass, uh, you know, Kelly's got that tumor. It's a benign tumor, but it's wrapped around uh, a nerve, and it's literally making it impossible for him to walk. And it's killing the nerve if they don't get it taken care of. Well, he's got, he had to have some, he's got other issues. So uh, they had to try to deal with those things, and they're trying to, make him well enough to get this surgery. So they've rescheduled the surgery for, I think, it's been two weeks. So pray that they can do this surgery and get that tumor removed so they can take that pressure off that nerve, and hopefully there's not permanent damage that they'll be able to uh, get that that leg back. And uh, so that's a big deal. So Miss Donna's here tonight. She's in the nursery. And so you could uh, uh, say something to her or find out more information there. Do you have anything we need to... Uh, Add to the prayer list, Ms. Cole. My sister? Yeah. Okay. So Chantel, the last time we went skating, broke her foot. Has had two surgeries now because the first surgery, the doctors put in the wrong hardware and it was just literally like coming through. So they had to go back in and do another surgery. Uh, and now she's someplace. She must be losing blood. She's anemic in there someplace. And all of this walking on that boot has thrown off her sciatic nerve, and so that's just, you know, it just is what it is. Catch-22, so pray for her. Steve? Still battling? Dad and mom, mom's uh, uh, Bob and Barbara 
say that fast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then Miss Judy is uh, home. This is uh, the Murray's daughter, but the baby's still in the hospital. We'll probably be there for a little while. She was four pounds, two ounces when she was born. She's back up. That was on Saturday. She's back up to four pounds, two ounces. You know, they always lose weight first, which is normal. She's back up four pounds. So she's going the right direction, but, you know, uh, she was premature and a little underweight, so they just need to deal with that. So uh, just pray for, what's her name again? Amelia Rose. Amelia Rose. Uh, and uh, Judy and Paul. Michelle? I was flying back from Texas tonight, so pray for travel mercy. Good thing it wasn't last night, huh? <laughs> I guess everybody got those storms we went through last night, and uh, whew, it was here anyway. It was quite the uh, quite the ordeal. So the, all of the tornado things are going off, and I don't know what you're supposed to do when they go off. And so you know, most of us like, oh look, the, oh, listen, the tornado thing's going off, and then we go back to sleep or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Probably not the smartest thing, but you know, the, I think my personal opinion is they kind of overuse them, so you kind of like have learned to say, oh well. That just means lightning hit something. I don't know what it means. Anyway. Yes. You mentioned him this morning. He was beaten up uh, on the streets of Fountain Square and, uh, about a month or so ago. And um, Ron works with his dad, and uh, so he's been in a coma ever since, so uh, really there's nothing else, there's, no, there's nothing they can figure out what's wrong other than you know, mentally he's, there's something in his brain is not waking up, so they've transferred him to uh, Louisville to uh, some specialty down there, so pray for that, pray for Nate and Nina, they're still out west, I think they should be coming back this week, but the funeral was this last weekend, and then I think they're going to go spend some time with his dad, who was at the Mayo Clinic, and uh, his cancer has come back, and so uh, pray for Nate's dad as well. Anyone else? Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for this opportunity to be here. Be with the Awana group as their meeting. Be with the teenagers as their meeting. The you know, college students as their meeting throughout the building. You just uh, uh, use your word and be an encouragement to all of those programs. I meet with us here tonight as we come together for the Ron as he uh, finishes up this road trip we're taking together and ask that you would help us to uh, grow in your grace through all of that and we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just uh, so you know, next week we'll pick back up on on uh, spanning the Testaments and then uh, two weeks from today, Melody and I are actually going to be gone. We're uh, part of my birthday present was Mel's taking me out of town for uh, a few days, so that's what we're going to do. So, looking forward to that. So, Brother Ron, you come on. Second Timothy chapter 4 tonight. The first uh, eight verses. Before I begin, I want to express again my appreciation for our beloved pastor 
for all he does, more than than we could ever imagine that one man could do. But he, um, he he's just got a pastor's heart. That's all there is to it. And we love him to no end. And in his honor tonight, I have no, absolutely no uh, humorous things to say. <laughs> and that's that's very hard for me to, to not do. But uh, I just really love and admire this man so much. And I better because he'll preach my funeral some of these days. And, and uh, hopefully he'll find something kind. <laughs> And not do a payback on me when I when I'm defenseless to say anything. Second Timothy chapter four is Paul's farewell address. Uh, he is about to be beheaded, and this is his final address as he is about to leave this world. You know, every president that we've had in this country has given a farewell address when they leave office. The most notorious one is uh, our first president, George Washington, and his farewell address is the most famous one. But in a farewell address, you always uh, say what is the most important thing, what's really on your heart. And this is what Paul was doing uh, when uh, he gave this charge to uh, Timoth to Timothy, and in turn to the church. Every pastor, as he leaves the congregation, uh, gives a farewell address. Um, the final thing to somewhat sum up what he's been about all the years that he's been with that congregation and um, it's a very difficult thing to do knowing that uh, this is your final time to uh, Paul this was his final time to address not just Timothy but to the church and so he made it his finest hour to give I charge thee, therefore, before God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall turn unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an, an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, 
shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Lord, bless these, your words, once again, as they were a blessing and a charge to Timothy. May they be a charge to us as well tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. Imagine that you're at the end of life's journey. What are the things that you want to to say the most to your loved ones? Telling them how much you love them? Telling them how much you, you appreciate them standing by your side through thick and thin through the years? This is something that one day, God willing that we will all do with our loved ones, is have those final words with them unless God chooses to call us home in a different manner. Not an individual in the world passes that God isn't aware of. As the scriptures teach us, uh, consider the lilies of the field, they toil not nor spin, but God knows. Consider the birds of the air. Not a single bird falls from the sky that God isn't aware of. If God is aware of a bird, how much more aware of you and I who were created in His image? He is aware of everything that we face. Robert, it's so good to have you back here tonight. Bless you so much. So in Paul's final words to Timothy, he said what was the most important things to him for Timothy to remember. And he said, I charge you. I want you to know this. Timothy, I want you to preach the word. That is... That should be the, the charge that every uh, young pastor is given in his ordination and no doubt is given in every ordination to the ministry. You preach the Word. You preach the Word as if you're standing right next to hell's gate and preach it so that that person that, that is about to enter hell unless you share God's Word So he will hear it and have that final opportunity to convert and be saved by the grace of God. Preach the word, not just occasionally, but be be ready at all times. Be instant in season, out of season. Be ready at all times to share the hope that is within you. All the time, as you go each and every day, be ready to give that word of truth to to others. I was talking to a lady at work named Susan, whose mother 
has been in the hospital and Susie is, is uh, debating on mom's ability to remain at home to herself or to put her in a, a convalescent facility. And I was able to pray with her and encourage her to just trust God with it uh, as the Lord will lead you. Oh, I'm so thankful that as we read God's Word, He leads us and He speaks to us in the Word. And um, so we, we must always be, be ready and sensitive to the Holy Spirit as He gives us opportunities. Multitudes of opportunities each and every day He gives to us uh, to speak on His behalf to other people. We just have to be sensitive to it. And as we read God's Word and He speaks to us in the Word, that Word just comes back to us and, and we become sensitive to the leadership of the Spirit and you end up saying things you had no idea that you were going to say. But you say it because the Spirit has given you the utterance to say those things, to be, be ready at all times. Look at the opportunities and siege, those, siege the opportunity to speak the word of truth. That's part of the abundant life. The abundant life is, is simply sharing and basking in the glory of the Lord. It, it's kind of like, as the scriptures, as Paul would say in a different passage, uh, moving from glory to glory. In essence, glory stacked up on top of glory, abundant glory. That that you just can't explain. It, it creates a glow in your in your uh, dispos, disposition. It can be evident um, that God is is with you in in what the expression on our faces as we look and talk. Uh, to to at times to reprove. At times to. And it's painful to at times have to rebuke someone and say, now, wait a minute. You know, in, in counseling, one of the rules of thumb is to, allow people, is to listen and allow people to talk until they violate God's Word. And that's when that you speak up and gently rebuke and say, now, wait a minute. What does God's Word have to say about this? And we have to say that to our kids. We have to say that to our grandkids. And we may even have to say it to our spouse at times. Uh, be sure and say yes, dear, after you get done saying it. But, but we, we may have to, to be sure and, and at times rebuke and... Um, with with long suffering and patience and the doctrine. People have to know how much we care. If they know that you care, you can say 
most anything to them, if even if it is a rebuke, if it's not coming across in a haughty manner, just gently saying out, wait a minute, uh, what does God's Word have to say about this? And sometimes we discover that God's Word says something different than what we have just said. And we have to pay attention to that. Sometimes a word may come out that isn't a, a word of love. I mean, you know, at times, uh, perhaps we, we've been so frustrated, we've said, oh, I, I hate this. I, I hate you. That's the most horrible thing to ever say to someone. And uh, that is ready, if you hear that, to, to give a rebuke to that and say, now, wait a minute, what does God's Word say about hate? Hate is the same as bitterness. It destroys the, hate the hater more than it does a hatee. I guess I've just created a word there. Uh, the time will come, and Paul in writing to Timothy, it's amazing how timeless that God's Word is, isn't it? It's timeless. The time has come when that people will not endure sound doctrine. They want to go to a touchy, feel-good type of church and somebody that's got, oh, I won't mention his name, I shouldn't. Forgive me, Lord. But uh, anyway, um, he couldn't say the word sin. If if, uh, if you paid him a million dollars, he wouldn't say the word sin in the pulpit. Uh, he's on TV every week in Houston, Texas. I didn't say his name. <laughs> okay, I'll behave. Now, the time has come when the people... Uh, in many elements, want to hear all the nice, touchy, feel, feel good type of things and will not endure the, the sound doctrine. Aren't you thankful that we're in a church where that sound scriptural doctrine is preached, even if it hurts? And sometimes it hurts, and you want to say, ouch. But instead, you find yourself saying, amen, brother, preach on. Because it's preached in love. But the time is now that the completion of that verse is there. They, they won't endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned into fables. I don't watch too much, quote, Christian TV because uh, it kind of gets my blood pressure boiling sometimes. <laughs> Because it's, uh, there's very few, there are some, some 
great expository preachers, David Jeremiah, for example, is one that that just really preaches powerful messages. John MacArthur is another one. Powerful messages. Truth, true being true to God's word. And then there are those that um, just want to say the the, the nice zippity doo dah type things that that avoids the hard truths of God's word. Preaching God's reading God's word is difficult at times because it convicts us. Preaching God's word is difficult at times because uh, we we find ourselves uh, among the least of these uh, find ourselves being at times guilty of these of the same things and that's because the word of god convicts us he says to watch in all things to endure afflictions and to do the work of an evangelist to make full proof of thy ministry I believe that God's Word teaches us, and I can't recall the Scripture at the moment, Pastor John. If you do, you just insert it in for me. That teaches us that that those who preach the Gospel are going to be held to a special account of what they've taught. You know where... It, 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 it's scriptural. I just can't recall the verse at the moment. I'm sorry. But uh, we're going to be held accountable for the things that we say as an evangelist um, to to make full proof of, of the ministry that we have. It's not just to get them converted, but it's to disciple them as I said last week to disciple them into the abundant life that is only found in Christ the old Spear family mom and dad Spear used to sing a song I've just began to live I just began to live since Jesus came and saved my soul I just began to live there's so much truth in that you don't live until you have Jesus. You exist. But when we have Jesus in our hearts, we truly begin to live and to to be blessed. And we can endure the afflictions because we're not in it by ourselves. But God is with us. Christ in me, the hope of glory. So the scripture says to us, and then Paul turns to himself more so. He says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Did Paul sound sad when he said this? I don't think so. I think Paul just stated a fact. He knew that he had come to the end uh, of the ministry that God had called him into doing. And he was ready for the good Lord to take him on home. He, he didn't view 
his death as being uh, the end, but he viewed it as just the beginning of eternity. I've been listening to a series of, of uh, tape from Mitch Albion, Albion entitled Five Phone Calls from Heaven, and it's been the most interesting thing to, to listen to these phone calls that people get from loved ones that have departed and, and, and gone on to heaven and, and in, in this album they're, they're getting, they're, the people are getting phone calls and messages from those that have, have departed. And they are interesting messages, they are messages of encouragement to those that are still here. Now, that's a, it's a fictional work, but yet we do receive messages in dreams. In dreams, we can, we can see people that have departed that meant so much, and, and in the dreams, we can recall words they have spoken to encourage us. And it means so much to us. God speaks to us through dreams. And sometimes we may not remember the dream altogether when we wake up. We just remember, oh, that was a beautiful dream that I had last night. And well, what was it about? Well, I'll tell you part of it, but I can't tell you the whole thing. But it meant an enormous amount to us. And Paul was about to, uh, to, to go to the end, and he was at the end. And he was now ready to be offered, and the time of his departure is at hand. And he says, I have fought a good fight. How many of us can say with the Apostle Paul, are we fighting the good fight or standing for the truth? I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. And I have kept the faith. That's the most important thing of all. When we come to the end, are we going to be able to say in our final address to our loved ones, I fought a good fight in Jesus. I've been faithful to him. And I have finished my course and to finally be able to say, I've kept the faith. Through all the heartaches that came throughout life, I held on to my faith because of God's indwelling through the Holy Spirit to us. And that's the key to it, is to recognize the Spirit of God working in us and through us. And then Paul says this beautiful thing, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Wow. Can you just imagine how that's going to be? A crown of righteousness. I can't imagine what it is, but to me the crown of righteousness is, for, is to... For God to be able to say when I stand before him, 
Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the house of the Lord. That's the crown of righteousness that we look forward to hearing one day when our time on earth is over. But it's not just given to Paul. It's again, it's given to all of us that that love him. And um, it's so important for us to hold on to that. In closing, I want to thank you, Pastor John, for the privilege that you've given to me this past month to to stand behind this sacred podium. Uh, I hope and pray that I've done worthy of it because uh, God I love that guy and and I, I just thank God for for he allowing this old retired preacher to be able to share God's word one more time and I thank you for being here on a very cold night Now let's enter into some prayer time together, okay?